Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. What's up? It's the Chief, and this is the inaugural episode of Theater and College Basketball, brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. Your boy, Sube and the Shark, and the spirit of Gus Johnson, coming at you hot from two separate coasts, talking all things college basketball, each conference, and the preseason top 25. You're going to love these boys. But first, let's hear from our sponsor, Blue Note Bourbon, a handcrafted, locally distilled bourbon in Memphis. It's smooth and delicious, and you'll need a big old pour of Blue Note as you listen to the CBS Fanfare kicking off the NCAA tournament. But now, here's theater and college basketball. episode of theater in college basketball i'm subi alongside me is the shark uh shark we got some theater in lawrence kansas for a couple of reasons uh first and foremost we'll start off on a positive note they're preseason ranked number one team in the country which is probably well deserved but i don't really like kansas that much so i'm going to take a turn to the negative side uh and bring up the adidas trial bill self and some texts uh but the thing is we know not shit is going to come out of this out of this trial. We were told the bedrock and foundation of college basketball was going to completely shatter last year, and uh, here we are today with only Patino really gone. But that was a, that was a lot of things. Yeah, Sue. I mean, I, I can't imagine there's a lot of people turning tuning into this podcast to listen to our thoughts on uh, TJ Gasanola and all these other people that testified in the Southern district in New York, but you know, it is what it is. And you, you, you let it nicely with, uh, you know, we got theater, but right now, I mean, it's a Tuesday night when we're recording this, I just watched, this is us on Tuesday. And I'm imagining in a few weeks, I'm going to have a super Tuesday with Dan Shulman or Dick Vitale, your boy. And from there, not my boy, everything will be changing for the better, but uh, that is not a knock at this is us. It's a great show. I was nearly uh, moved to tears tonight. The thing is, is that we haven't given any sort of context for this episode one to our listeners. So they're going to think that Dick Vitale is my boy. The reason I let off with that goddamn, uh, you know, with, with the with the trial is because Vitale has just been up Sean Miller's ass for the entire offseason. And now I got Bill Self and not not a not a tweet from Vitale. This is going to sound like a big hardo statement, but I can't even see Vitale's tweets because he's blocked me. So now I have to like circumvent and say, hey, can you can you tell me or screenshot what 
uh, Vital said, but you're right. You know, we're, we're, we're on to bigger, better things. I know I would say if, you know, people that might not know us that are listening to this for the first time, you come out and you say Dick Vital blocks you, you're getting an immediate credibility from a lot of people. You have some things to say on Twitter. And in fact, if people want to ask where we're going to get uh, where the name of this podcast comes from, I'll let you explain it. But a lot of it is just you sitting somewhere in Arizona watching college basketball or college football, being alert to what's happening, and then firing out a tweet, leading with theater and blank state or blank city or blank arena. And that's where we are. Well, I mean, it really just comes from off-season training. I do it with college football, NFL, NBA, baseball, but it really all leads up to the peak feet. March Madness, man. you got to be quick on the draw. TBS, uh, True TV, CBS. All, I'm, I'm missing like two, I think. TNT. you got to have the uh, quick clicker fingers for those ones right there. Yeah. So we'll have, like, like Knapp said, uh, or Shark said, excuse me, we'll have theater s- soon enough in a week. Cannot wait. But right now we're, uh, we're in the preseason stages of things. So what we're going to do is we'll just run through the top 25 uh team by team we'll give a little bit of our insight and what we think is going to happen with these teams uh if you're coming to this podcast for analytics and who like the the second leading third leading rebounder is on each team yeah you're not going to find it here uh so we're going to go through the top 25 and then we're going to have a couple of segments for you at the uh at the end of the show so shark Shall we get this started? Yeah, and in the in the famous words of Dupree from you, me, and Dupree, if you're looking for a Clydesdale, I'm not your guy. So Definitely not your guy. Numbers, if you're looking for us to break down the X's and O's, the Princeton offense, the backdoor cuts, it ain't happening, baby. No, go go to Rothstein for that or something. Although Rothstein's hysterical in his own right. Uh, he just released a, a, his own top 25. It's just outrageous. He's got, like, Virginia Tech ranked ahead of Carolina, but – I digress. All right, let's start off with Kansas, the boys, and Lawrence. Uh, you know, I, I can't really argue with with them at preseason number one. I also want to preface before we completely dive in that uh, the top twenty five doesn't mean a damn thing unless your team's in the top twenty five. Then it's pretty much gospel. Uh, but you know, Arizona—that's my team. They're not in the top twenty five, so this is this list is just subject to an incredible amount of change. Uh, but Kansas, I can't really be upset at them at number one. They pretty much have an entire final four roster coming back. Um, Bill self is always a magician. He's going to win the big 12. I'm actually looking forward to that asshole reporter that always picks someone else to win the big 12. It's just so stupid. It's not a who, who, I don't know. I, 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 Kansas state. Maybe huh? Kansas state's actually pretty decent, but just it, Every single year, someone's going to say that that like West Virginia or Oklahoma State or Oklahoma is going to win the Big Twelve. Kansas has won the the conference for the past like what what is it now fourteen years? Yeah, it, it's a lot. But you're right. It's always you know late February, someone else is sitting at the top of the Big Twelve, and you're thinking this isn't the year, and then they're going to rip off four straight to end the season, and it is what it is. Well, and, and it's a combination of two things. One, Kansas is straight up dominant. I have no issues admitting that. But there have been numerous games, I would say about four to five games over this stretch where West Virginia, Oklahoma, those guys have just pissed away insane leads and big time games against Kansas. Like I think it was two years ago, West Virginia went into Lawrence and they blew like a 13 point lead with three minutes left. Insane. So Kansas uh, for a postseason run, I could see them getting back to the final four. They're loaded. Uh, the D'Souza thing is going to be big. We'll see when he gets back. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Kansas, they go as far as their guards take them. Uh, when their teams are good, their guards are good. And, you know, obviously you're going to have a little bit of change here. But, I mean, they still got LeGerald Vic. They're still going to have some talent. They're still going to be able to shoot the ball. Um, and obviously they're ranked number one going into it. So the I guess the college basketball royalty thinks highly of them right now. So that's something to be taken uh, Didn't very strongly. Didn't Vic declare for the draft too? I mean, he didn't hire an agent. Obviously, no, I mean, everybody, everybody declares for the draft. But I thought he was definitely. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if, if I could go back, I mean, I mean, you went to you went to U of A, so you you know all draft that should be declaring for the draft. Yeah, but like none of these assholes come back. Like 
Brandon Ashley declared for the draft callback, dude. We can use you. I know. Well, that's the thing. Right? Those guys actually. Yeah. Yeah. In this in this culture, you throw your name in a hat in, in the ring, and uh, you figure out whether or not you're going to make it. And if you end up like Jerome Robinson, he steps out. So. Yeah, that's true. All right, that's what I got for Kansas. I'm going to head it over to uh, Lexington. What are your thoughts on the Wildcats? Yeah, so I'll take the number two team. Basically, Sub and I are going to bounce back and forth. One, two, three, four, yada, yada, yada. And coming in at number two here is Kentucky. If you remember back to last year, they had the open path to the Final Four, and they lost to Kansas State in the Sweet 16 game, which was literally the worst game I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you guys remember seeing that one. Uh, it was, uh, It was, what, P.J. Washington missing, like, 15 free throws and <laughs> so many. every single time down some goon on Kansas state would foul him and he'd shoot and brick him every single time. So that game was just awful. Kentucky has to be kicking them because region was wide open. You had UVA lose to UNBC in the first round, obviously. And then in the second round, Kentucky was able to roll through your boys up in Buffalo. And even then you have Kansas state going and Kansas state. I mean, I, I know they're ranked right now, but that, that team stinks too. I mean, they, 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 they have no scoring whatsoever. They had that Dean Wade guy that they kept showing on the bench and they brought in to start that sweet 16 game, threw up a couple bricks, got out of there. And, uh, you know, Kentucky pretty much shit all over themselves. So when I look back on that game, I don't know how these guys can be ranked number two right now. I, I get <laughs> that they're going to have this incredible recruiting class. And I, I read somewhere out there that they're calling them, you know, one of their deepest classes, right? one of the deepest classes in Kentucky. So there's, here's my thing with that. I don't really give a shit if a team is deep. And, you know, you hear that throughout the season. You want to make it through the season. But who gives a shit if they're deep? If they all suck, then it's not really that important. If you don't have a guy that can score with two minutes left in the second half when your back's against the wall and you're feeling the pressure, then does it really mean anything? If you have a bunch of P.J. Washingtons that are going to crumble at the free throw line, does that mean anything? So depth and just doesn't mean anything to me. Let's let, let's produce a little bit here. So yeah. um, I will make one note. They got this guy coming in as a freshman, this Tyler Hero, top 100 recruit. I'm going to tell you right now, I already know I'm going to hate this guy. Everyone in America is going to hate this guy because he's a lights-out shooter. He, he, he's playing for arguably the most hated team in college basketball in John Calipari. And this guy's just going to be deadly from the three-point range. And now, are, are, let me ask you this then: Are are we looking at, in terms of level of hatred, is he closer to a JJ Redick or like an Andy? No, I, I've never seen this guy play. I know nothing about him other than the fact that his name's Tyler Hero. He's a white shooting guard. He plays for Kentucky. He's going to get a million looks. He's probably going to bury you know forty five forty five percent of them, and uh, he's going to be a villain come March Madness. I I know it right now. Yeah. Well, top of the SEC is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Your, your guys there in Tennessee and Kentucky. And there's, there's bad blood between those schools, right? I mean, it, not, it doesn't just, it doesn't just stay on the football. Yeah, field. I mean, it goes uh, on the basketball court. It's starting to, I mean, I, I guess that's all you can really hope for at this point, but I mean, we'll see what happens this year. They, they took care of us in the sec championship last year. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see this Kentucky team. I don't know how they got all the way up to two. I think it's all about Calipari's pedigree, but for some reason I get a 2015 Kentucky team vibe. With these guys, I mean, they're not going to go, like, undefeated, which they didn't. They still lost one game. But uh, I'm thinking that team with Devin Booker, uh, Cat Towns, in terms of dominance, there's there's potential for that. There's a lot – there's a, a way more roadblocks, though, in the yeah, SEC. Like, I will say that. Who, who's the best player on Kentucky right now? Do you have any clue? Hero. Could be hero. I mean, who knows? I mean, can you name six players on the team? They're so deep. They're so deep. Good for them. They're deep. They play eight guys. Remember when Calipari did the A team and the B team? He's in oh, that platoon system, yeah, baby. Platoons. Like, I just don't see how it works because when you get into March Madness and you're looking up the ESPN rosters and you're figuring out who's gonna who you're gonna ride to, you know, the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, you want to find three guys that you just have confidence in. In Kentucky last year, it really just worked out when they were playing in the tournament. It was Shea Gilders, Alex breast milk over there. That was the only guy that could get to the bucket and score. No one else could do it. And he's having a year this year in the NBA. He is. He's a good player. And that's someone yeah. that just kind of emerged from this quote unquote deep team. And he was the only one that had the stones to produce when it mattered. 
Yeah, well, who's the other guy they recruit from uh, New York? What's his name? Uh, Some, the next insert the next top ten. I can't tell you. That's <laughs> if you if Abadou you Diallo. Oh Abadou yeah, Diallo. Okay. that's our guy. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see what Kentucky ends up doing. I'm going to shift over now to the West Coast. Keldon Johnson. That's, uh, I'm sorry to but Virgin. <laughs> it's Keldon Johnson. That was the big recruit they got, and they also got the guy from Stanford. This oh yeah, Reed yeah. Travis. The swag. Fuck, get him the fuck out of the Pac-12. Yeah. Holy. I mean, shit. this Reed team's gonna Travis. be hated. I'm telling you right now, but whatever. I I got no issues with Reed Travis. I got nothing but respect for him because all he did for the past like three years was just body our big guys, bully the shit out of them. He actually he doesn't belong in the Pac-12. He's too he's too strong. It's too big. The SEC, he actually should be playing football. He's going to be like Mo Alley Cox in a couple of years, catching a couple touchdowns in the NFL. Yeah, that's what they say about every out of shape, undersized power forward that just gets rebounds and has no skill. I mean, he's not out of shape. Let yeah, me tell you, right. he's not out of shape. It's a big we'll motherfucker. See. I'm sure Dewan Blair was going to be a great power forward in the NFL, too. Wore headbands for, uh, for armbands. All right, let's go to number three here. Let's, let's head up to, to uh, the Pacific Northwest where – I mean, this is one of my least favorite teams, I will say, but also one of my least favorite sayings, I guess you you can say, is Gonzaga is the best team in the West Coast. Uh, They're not this year again, uh, but huge news about an hour ago. Killian Tilly out for eight weeks. He's probably their best player. So it's going to come down to Josh Perkins, who's up there. He's going to be on... Uh, either a reserve or starting five of players who you say, how the hell are they still on this in college? Right. That's Josh. my, that's my Van Wilder house right there. I wrote a blog on the barn burner last year about all those guys. I inducted Javon Carter from West Virginia into the Van Wilder house. And I tend to agree with you, Josh Perkins. That's a guy that's knocking on the door. I'm not sure Jerry McNamara is going to let him in there just yet. You know, Perry Ellis might have something to say, but I, I, I do feel like your boy might, <laughs> might sneak in because he is a guy that you just know from the tournament. You oh, recognize God. He's always there. Forever and ever. It, uh, Van Wilder House is good, actually. Now, I'm picturing a commercial, much like the Heisman House. Oh, yeah. Except yeah, it's so, just all those guys. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's the inspiration for it right there. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Okay, good. Uh, Gonzaga, though, huge news coming out of Spokane. Killian Tilly out for eight weeks. So, I, I mean, I think that's going to drop them. The only thing, and look, that sucks for Tilly. I don't feel sorry for the team though. Uh, the only thing that's going to really piss me off is when they still destroy these WCC teams that are complete, but they're still going to beat them without their best player. And I'm still going to have to hear analysts saying how good they are still without Tilly, right? That's what's going to happen. They're still going to get so much smoke blown up their ass and then remove a couple of years ago when they played in the title game and actually played Carolina pretty well, uh, remove that year and, they're not going back to the final four this year. I would just love to see them struggle out of the gate. And then, I mean, the max they could end up with is maybe like an eight seat or a seven seat. If they have already have a couple losses before like the new year. Yeah. Everything I read isn't, you know, they're returning everyone. Who was that freaking the lefty shooter, the three point shooter. I think it was Norville. I think his name was last year. Do you remember him? I don't remember uh, him. I thought nothing more beautiful than a left. Hachimura. No, no, Zach Norva, Rui Hachimura, that's another guy. He's, uh, no, yeah, he's good. He's one of those energy guys that projects to the next level, and he's definitely got the athleticism and the build for it. But this guy, Zach Norville, that little that lefty, you give me a good lefty, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, a sharp jumper, whew, I'm yeah. burning. I'm burning on those right there. I see Norville now. Let me also make a point with Gonzaga that there's always one team where you see some of the names, and you're like, wait a minute, I recognize that name. Are they the sibling of someone? Are they the son of someone? This is Gonzaga. So do you remember? (laughs) This is absurd. Do you remember Greg Foster? Yes, I do. He he won a title with Kobe and Shaq on the Lakers. He was also on the Jazz, I believe. So I'm going through these rosters. I see Greg Foster Jr. I mean, Greg Foster is a pretty common name, but D1 basketball player, a junior. I do a quick search. Lo and behold, that's him. Now, I oh, now Greg Foster Jr. looks pretty light-skinned. Uh, and so I was like, wait a minute. I remember Greg Foster Sr. as like, a, like you're white. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't know. And then I tried looking up the wife or his mom, Greg Foster Jr.'s mom. 
And I don't think she's light skinned or anything. I, I, don't, I don't know where this came from. Uh, but, you know, he's a freshman. He's probably not going to see much time at all. But so he's number one. Right. The, the second guy is going to be, uh, it's a huge stretch. I'm going to set the proper expectations and say that, but in looking at the roster and looking at it quickly, this guy's name is Joel. IE a Y a Y I. Now I thought it was Joel Ajayi. And I was like, I mean, that's gotta be Jay Ajayi's <laughs> brother. And I look, I look at the hometown it says Bordeaux, France. Now, Jay Ajayi is from, like, London. So there might be some sort of European connection there. Uh, but there wasn't any false alarm. But I'm still going to go ahead and say that Joel Ayi is somehow re- related to Jay Ajayi. So Gonzaga is your team with a couple of, you know, a couple of these players on the rosters where you're just saying uh, they're related to someone. Wow. That was quite a, quite a journey around the world right there from Greg Foster to Bordeaux, France. I appreciate it. And I'm going to bring, that's how you do it. That's how you connect the dots. Yeah. Yeah, You got to. And uh, so I'll bring it in here. Number four, it's Duke. Um, You know, they're always a perennial top 10 team. We all hate them. Uh, We all pick them when the time comes, but this year they're coming in with about as young as you can possibly get. You're probably not going to recognize anyone on this team from last year. Uh, Last year, they lost to Kansas in in the elite eight. And I remember watching that game and I knew they were going to lose that game based on how they played against Syracuse in the sweet 16 where Syracuse just locked them into that two, three zone. Grayson Allen was afraid to shoot. He missed a million shots and he missed a million shots against Kansas. Uh, Granted that game was explosive, but that was mainly, you know, from Bagley and Wendell Carter uh, being able to produce against whatever, you know, Kansas was throwing at him. So I am concerned a little bit about Duke um, because they are, putting so much faith into this guy, Zion Williamson. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am not buying him whatsoever. I think he is going to be a colossal bust because quite frankly, he is not what a freshman in college should look like. That is the body you get when you're a 30 year old man in the league, transforming into a ground and pound type style of basketball. This guy, he, I, I mean, he's fat. I'm going to tell you right now, he's fat. I look at him. He is six foot seven, 285 pounds. All right. That is his makeup. That is so big and so heavy for a guy that's supposed to be running up and down in Cameron Indoor Stadium, playing a full college basketball season. That's just, that's not the build. You want to know what the comparisons are for this? If you go into the NFL sack leaders right now, the National Football League, the guy that leads the league in sacks is Aaron Donald. He weighs, he is six foot one, 280 pounds. So Zion Williamson weighs five more pounds than Aaron Donald. Granted, six inches shorter. Let's go to the next guy. Danielle Hunter, 6'5, 250. Vaughn Miller, 6'3, 250. This guy, Zion, is 20 pounds more than these massive edge set rushing guys that are beasts on the NFL screen. And Zion Williamson, I'm supposed to believe that he's gonna be able to get up and down. I mean, it, it is not gonna work. And I'm the problem I have with this team is he's, he's a highlight real guy. Can you run an offense through him? Are you kidding me? They need a senior point guard. They need the Queen, Quinn Cooks. They need the Nolan Smiths. They need a Greg Paulus, a John Shire. They need someone that is going to run this offense because they don't have it right now unless you you got someone in the back of your mind that you're thinking of. But I'm telling you, when you build a team, and they're not building a team. They're just bringing in a freshman. But when you got the centerpiece is this freaking six foot seven, two eighty five. I mean, the only guy that's even close in the top five leaders in sacks is JJ Watt. Imagine JJ Watt in Duke jersey, because that's what we're bringing out here with Zion. That's what it's going to yeah. look like. Can he shoot? That's this is my favorite part about Zion no, Williamson. He can't freaking <laughs> shoot. But see, this is my favorite part about Zion Williamson is obviously, like you said, he is that highlight reel. But I got all these dookies and just, I mean, all these guys that just love these prep players posting videos of him making a couple shots against like Westford Academy, JV basketball going up against like Mike Burgomaster and Coach K and, and, and all those guys. That's that's uh, that's the sample size we're looking at. For yeah, there's no way this guy can shoot. I'm telling you right now. I've never seen him play ever, but I'm telling you right now he can't shoot. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward. Their other hot freshman 
if I if I may here, their other hot freshman is this guy Cam Reddish. Yeah, he's now you want you want to talk about a guy with a name of a shooter? Now Cam Reddish, that sounds like a guy that can shoot. <laughs> I know nothing about him as well, but that, that's a shooter's name. Cam Reddish is is the real deal. I think R.J. Barrett's also the real deal. That's right. Uh, but yeah, Zion, I'm excited for when teams just pack in the paint and he just can't wow. throw down every single time. Um, I mean, he's going to have to develop some sort of outside game. And if he can't, he's going to also have, I mean, can he defend either? I'm with you in not buying Zion Williamson, but God damn it. Can he throw the fuck down? And he is going to be, here's what's going to happen. He's going to throw down in Cameron Endor. Vitale is going to call him a diaper dandy. Uh, and then we're just, he's just going to level off, but he's going to have so many highlight reel dunks, uh, and so many sick plays that he's still somehow going to stay relevant. Yeah, I mean, you know who else could dunk? Stroll Miles Swift. I mean, he, he was a bum, too. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the – remember the guy on the Utah Jazz that won the dunk contest that one year? Jeremy Stevens, I believe his go. name was. That, that guy can dunk, too. Good for him. Jeremy Stevens. One more guy who I think is still the most underrated dunker of all time in college basketball, Ishmael Muhammad for Georgia yeah. Tech. That guy brought the hammer. Yeah, now, you're right about that. If someone, if someone, ta- I, he might be Ishmael Smith, Zion Williams. Okay. I'm talking about Ishmael Smith, like in JJ Watt's body. Yeah. But I'm talking about Ishmael 13 years later, strict. I mean, he probably sucked as an all around basketball player. He could talk though. Good. Hey, how often do you think Ishmael Smith walks into a room and says, call me Ishmael? And what percentage of that room gets the, gets the joke from it being from, well, not even a joke, but gets the reference from being, from Moby Dick, like fifteen percent on any average room when he when he drops well, that one. I think they understand the reference, like, but they're probably saying, "Why is this guy telling me to call him Ishmael? Like, what is the connection there? Are you a fisherman? Uh, I would you like know, to, have you have like, you conquered a whale? I would like to do kind of a controlled case study where Ishmael Muhammad walks into a Starbucks in Nashville, Tennessee, and says, "Call me Ishmael." I want to know how many of the people in, within that Starbucks are saying that guy's quoting Moby Dick. Whereas the rest of them are like, this guy's fucked up. Anyways, let's move to the number five team. We can, we can put that together. Number five team, man. I just, this close to college basketball season, you see Virginia's name and you just got to laugh. You just, just got to laugh, dude. Just want to take a nap. No, it's not even that. You just automatically think of the biggest upset in college basketball history. And, and I mean, Oh my God. So I always tell people to keep in mind that not only were they a one seed that lost to the 16, they were the overall number one. That is fucking laughable. So looking at them again, I mean, if you're a Cavs fan, do you just not care about anything until not even just March, the first weekend of March, you got to get past the first weekend to, I mean, I think that's when your season starts because every single game, that you win this year. You could go on the road to Cameron, beat them. They literally did that last year. Beat Carolina. You could go perfect in ACC play. If I was a fan, I would still say, we still lost to UMBC. We need to, I mean, they are returning everyone from that stack team. They're still so good. If Tony Bennett doesn't get to the final four, I don't care how nice he is, how good of a coach he is. Uh, you got to start thinking about making a change. I really think if they don't get to a final four this year. Yeah. I mean, how, how many times can these guys go to the March madness, lose to Michigan state, put up 60 points, like grind out possessions where their only offense is getting to the free throw line and just fall on their face. I mean, it has got to change. Year. It's got to change. And, and I'm not saying you a hundred percent have to get rid of Tony Ben. I'm just saying the, the thoughts got to start percolating a little bit. Right. Uh, because these guys, these guys could have their own, uh, you know, Van Wilder house, uh, Kyle guy, seeing Kyle guy when he had the bun. Now he's clean shaven. Uh, Jack salt. Are you kidding me? Jack salt's been there forever. I'd like to think that the people in the Van Wilder house are at least somewhat productive on the basketball court. Jack salt. I mean, (laughs) Jack salt's a body. He's five files. We're not bringing We're not bringing in hustle guys into the house. All right. He can, he can go to his own. All right. I see. I didn't know that that was the criteria. Oh, you got to. Uh, they got to be memorable. Kyle, okay, giving Kyle guy. Kyle guy has been there for. Yeah, Kyle I, goes on the path. All right, Kyle guy. Ty Jerome's on the path too. 
Yeah, Ty, Ty Jerome's been there forever. And the, the criminal part is that if Tony Bennett doesn't utilize an NBA player in DeAndre Hunter, like that is your horse. Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, they're all really good players. Jack Salt's going to grab some rebounds for you as well. DeAndre Hunter has to be your bread and butter down the stretch. I mean, he was injured last year, if I remember correctly. He was. Uh, but in these close games, which they're going to grind out, I mean, we already know their identity. It's not like they're going to change. Give the ball to DeAndre Hunter, Hunter, run the offense through your stud NBA player. Because everyone else, this is just a really, really good college basketball team. They're not getting their names called. DeAndre Hunter is. But, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I still can't get over that loss. You never know with Ty Jerome. I mean, he looks like a, you know, a mathlete, but he was, I'm pretty sure he was a top 50 recruit. The guy's a stud. He's actually got some point guard skills to him now as well. All right. Jerome could be a fringe second rounder or no, no, no there's no, there's no way he's playing in the league. <laughs> well, that, no, that's what I was, that's what I was. Yeah, up, man. You're, you're right about that, but All right. in terms yeah, of okay. still on a college basketball court. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. No, they're, 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 they're a hell of a team and they're only going to have, I'm assuming Deandre Hunter for this one more year, unless he just pulls a complete Virginia on us and just stays for another like two years, which I could very well see happening, but this is their year much like the past like three years for them to get to the final four. Uh, unfortunately, I still don't see it happening. Um, you know, they're going to be battle tested going through the ACC. I don't even think, let me ask you this. Do you even want the one seed going into this year? Not if I'm, I mean, they're, if you're they Virginia. Some, yeah. You, Virginia's got so many bugaboos staring them down in, in the March madness bracket. You don't want the one seed. You don't want to be close to Michigan state in the third round or the second round. You don't want this. You don't want that. Eventually, you, you could just go out and win a game. You know That's what I mean? Like, like how many, how beat, many hurdles? Beat Syracuse when you're up eight. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, these guys just they, – they've they're branded basketball while it's cool and we can have Jay Billis scream from the mountaintop about how efficient they are on the offense and defensive line. Excuse me, it's football season, but how efficient they are offensively and defensively. And talk about, you know, how they're really, really good, as Jay Billis yeah. says, for all the teams that he really likes. Prove it. You know what I mean? Prove it once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I need, an, I need a final four out of this team. If they're going to be racking up like 28 wins in the ACC, you, you got to go. You got to get to April. Get exactly. to April for me. All right. uh, you need a drum roll for this one? No, I don't need that much. So we're on, we're on the Vols, Tennessee Vols, number 16. Um, you know, I'm a Vol fan. You know, I, I've met Rick Barnes. I'd like to think I was the first people person to meet Rick Barnes. I met him at Tupelo Honey in Knoxville, right when he got the job back in 15, I shook his hand. I broke bread with him while not at the same table, but nearby. Um, I've been on the floor against Marshall Henderson. You know, I've chirped the, the hack Jeff Goodman inside Thompson bowling arena. I've met Josh Richardson's parents. And I'm telling you all this. Cause I'm telling you right now that we're, we're overseeing. We're overranked. Right <laughs> like we, <laughs> we should not be a top 10 team because I'm I was saying this yeah. as someone that watched every single game last year. And we are the classic underachievers. Why didn't you stop me then when, why didn't you stop me when I said you and Kentucky would be uh would be a battle at the top of the yeah. SEC. I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm just offering my thought here. So I'm telling you, this team, we were good last year because no one expected anything out of us. We were picked to finish last in the SEC. And that created this, you know, little man complex. And we overexceeded all expectations for us. Now, we are still very talented. We return to everyone. Everyone's back. But now we are playing from a position where we are the, you know, the hunted. And I, I still think we're going to be, a, we're a top 25 team. I just don't think we're a top five. Team. I don't think we're a top 10 team. Ideally, I'd rather have us end up being a three or a four or a five seed even rather than, you know, playing from the two or the one position simply because no way. You, you were the five last year, weren't you? When you no, were, we were the three seed. We're the, and we're yeah, the three. We were the three oh, seed. That, we lost to Loyola Chicago no. on a miracle shot. And I spoke in the beginning about Kentucky having this path opened up for him. Tennessee had like all you had to do was beat Loyola Chicago. And then you're looking at like Nevada, who I know you love Nevada and muscle milk, muscle milk over there and Kansas state. And you're in the freaking final four, dude. Like it doesn't get easier than that. No matter what seed you get, 
when you play like a mid-major and then you're playing another mid-major and then you're playing freaking Kansas State in the Elite Eight, that's what we could have had. And I'm afraid that it's going to come back to bite us. But I do think the team, I really do like the team. I think they are a whole bunch of, you know, freaking dogs on the court. You got Admiral Schofield. You got the preseason SEC player, SEC player of the year and Grant Williams. You got some shooters. Uh, it's there. It's just a matter of can you do it when people know you're good rather than surprising people as to how good you are. So that's where I'm at. Ideal scenario. I'm a four seed. I go beat the bag out of, you know, Arizona as a five seed in the first round. You give me Gonzaga as a one seed in the sweet 16. I'm dancing on the weekend and uh, we're rolling all the way to the final four. I should have known your apprehension when, uh, when you first started your thoughts here on Tennessee, because I mean, I know you, I know how you jumped the gun. And I know how excited you get about your teams. And that was just honestly one of the more underwhelming intros. I was re- literally ready to give you a, uh, a drum roll. And you just come at me with a level-headed, honestly, kind of a depressing take. It wasn't depressing. I'm, j- I'm just telling you, I'm nervous about the outlook for this team going forward. Power positive thinking. When you, when you play from the, from, you know, when you play from in front of the pack, you got a lot of people chasing you. So it, it'll be difficult. Um, it's a tough schedule again for us, but you know, we're, we're going to be there. I just want this. To, I don't care what the freaking rankings are. You know, I, a lot of fan bases care about what you're ranked and where you are throughout the year. I care about what I do in March. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm here to win. I don't give a shit about where Joe Lenardi's putting me in, you know, December. That's my wheelhouse, baby. Yeah, well, that's I am fun. preseason top 25. I'm glad October, we have December. That's me. Uh, I will say on, a, on an actual serious note, the job Rick Barnes has done with Tennessee is pretty damn amazing. I actually thought Rick Barnes was going to be one of those, like, just oh, pretty big name hire. I mean, he was really good at Texas. He can recruit. Pretty big name hire, but he wasn't going to do shit at Tennessee. I didn't What's think he was thing? actually going to turn the turn the program around. He's got him into a top ten. He's turned him into a top ten team and an actual player in the SEC. I never thought that was going to return back to Knoxville. And that's under Rick Barnes. No, yeah, that's a surprising thing here is that the players that are good for us, they weren't highly recruited by anyone. In fact, our biggest recruit, he's coming next year, Josiah James. But the guys that are good for us, the, the Schofields, the Williams, the Lamonte Turners, the Jordan Bones, all these guys, Jordan Bowden as well, all these guys, you know, they're, they're threes and fours on ESPN. They're 70s and 80s. There's, there's nothing crazy about them. And everyone used to always think, yeah, you know, Barnes, he can recruit the studs. He can get you the, you know, the TJ Fords and the Kevin Durant. Um, but he can't, he, he can't coach him up. And I actually thought that too when he showed up. And, but when he and I, you know, broke bread at Tupelo Honey, at different mm-hmm. tables, he explained to me, look, I'm actually a better coach than you think. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the balls do on the flip side for as much as I just gassed up <clears throat> Rick Barnes, uh, could very well come down to one of his Texas masterpieces. You know, he had a couple of years with Texas where they were ranked in the top 10 and they struggled to even make the tournament. I remember that Dexter Pittman team, of course, Dexter Pittman and that Texas team was ranked like number one. They go into UConn. And I think they just lost the next like seven games in a row. <laughs> it was outrageous. I mean, they might've been a play in team. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen for you and your boys there in Knoxville. All right. Uh, let's head back out to the West coast. You alluded to this uh, a few minutes ago, Nevada Wolfpack. It's cheat team season. Let me tell you why Arizona probably is going to stink. They're probably going to be like a six or a 17. Now don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I'm not going to root for them. That's obviously number one, tried and true. Nevada, though, best team on the West Coast. You heard it here, all right? Now, that's not that's not me going out on a limb. Me saying cheat team, I, I understand a lot of people think, like you said, muscle milk. Uh, and and also, by the way, for listeners, we know it's not muscle milk, all right? It's it's Eric Muscle. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't think to yourself that, you know, these guys have zero credibility. Uh, but yeah, muscle milk is how we'll be referring to them moving forward. And then the Martin brothers, I mean, let me tell you something. I was, I was driving back from San Diego last year when they pulled off that incredible comeback against Cincinnati against a tough Mick Cronin team. Uh, Cincinnati's pretty prone to choking, but if you know one thing about me and 
probably nap as well. Uh, we love teams that are reflective of crazy coaches and Eric Musselman is a fucking nut. His, his, his ability to give a great post game presser and to then just like continue on for the rest of the week, like right up until the next round's game was awesome. So this is my cheat team. Uh, I said it when we were discussing Gonzaga that they are not the best team on the West coast. Nevada is, I'm pumped to see what these, what this team does now, a little, little, uh, interesting note here. How would you feel if you're a UNLV fan? I mean, you've just dominated college basketball all through the nineties, early nineties, I would say. And now you've just gone completely irrelevant with absolutely no shot uh, at, at going to a final four. And then this little team who I'm assuming is their rival. I mean, I don't know much about Nevada college, college yeah. basketball rivalries, but you got this team from Reno who's a legitimate title threat. I mean, these guys are fucking good. So that's got to suck for the guys down there in Las Vegas, but I'm looking forward to this Nevada Wolfpack team, uh, especially the Martin brothers. Yeah. I, I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no chance in hell Nevada is going to win the national championship. You're, you're legitimately insane for thinking that. Let me ask you this. Last year we sit here, right? Hypothetical podcast. And I tell you Loyola Chicago and this cute yeah, grandmother. Loyola, you weren't going to win last year either. I'm, I'm talking about who's going to win. There's no chance in hell Nevada wins. The Martin brothers, I'm pretty sure they went to the rookie camp and literally got abused. So I think they're going to – I don't know who's the real good shooter. Is it Caleb? Is Caleb the real good shooter and the other guys kind of – Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to take a step back. I think we got a little confidence shook right there from that. You go to the stage where you're supposed to go to the NBA – and you poop yourself pretty much in your in your interview. I'm a little nervous about it. And muscle milk, muscle milk. I mean, like, reel it in a little bit, man. Like, he's going no. way over the top right now. No, see, that's where you have it all wrong. Number one, I look at it from the other side. Martin goes, gets embarrassed on the NBA stage. He's going to come back, and he's going to be pissed off. He's going to tear tear the whole whole country a new asshole. Number one. Number two, muscle milk. Uh, to who's tone gonna, it up. Who's, who's going to like San Diego state and like Santa Barbara. Who do these guys even play? I mean, who does Gonzaga play? Why are they ranked number three and getting all this love? I don't know. They went to a final four and a finals. Yeah, they did. All right. Completely different roster. No Karnowski. All right. They got completely different. No Zach Collins, but I'm, I'm not going to get into Gonzaga right now. All right. What I'm looking forward to is this Nevada team living up to the billing. All right. And being the best team on the West coast. Fair enough. So next up, number eight, we got North Carolina. And as we kind of go on here, we're, we're going to kind of trickle down the analysis, but with North Carolina last season, they <clears throat> were trying to hit that final four uh, again with Joel Berry and another Van Wilder guy, Luke May. Yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, this guy's like, <laughs> Luke May's a hero, though. He's man. like the RA of the Van Wilder house at this point. Um, I could see him also, Luke May, if he was in like college football. I could actually see no, him I, being a Heisman winner. No, he's he's awesome. Being, I mean, he's the yeah. he's every guy's dream where you just go walk onto your school and all of a yeah. sudden everything starts clicking. But I just yeah. can't go back. You know, I go back to last year in that game against A and M, and you know, to what's the quote from? Uh, Johnny drama and entourage when he's like, yeah, I, I took a Cialis and just buried one right there. That A&M just buried UNC in that they game beat with the, the two shit big out of guys. Them. Oh, it was ugly. And I think you're always going to have this perception of North Carolina is they're, they're a little bit finesse. You know, they're not going to, when you go back to the team with Kennedy Meeks, when they won a few years ago, I mean, they're huge, but it, they just were able to keep throwing so many big guys at you. Right now, I mean, they lose Theo Pinson. They need a little bit of toughness on that team. And Luke May, I mean, I love the guy, but he's not going to wow me with athleticism. So I think North Carolina, especially in an ACC when you're playing a, you know, a ranked team every weekend or every week on the road, they, they might kind of uh, huddle around the middle there and end up as your you know classic four or five seed. Yeah. I don't really see Carolina um, going to a final four, even in the lead eight. They've had actually an epic couple of like what, four years. Oh, it's it's been a great run. I mean, Roy it's Williams, been, he deserves more credit. 
than he gets. At, at some point, at some point, the juice has to run out, right? You got, exactly. you got, uh, yeah. Who, who's the point guard? Marcus Page, uh, almost beating Villanova, and then they finally get their redemption. And then I think last year was just, I mean, they came, uh, they came into that game and just got completely well, blasted oh, by the Tim. Game was in Charlotte too, if I remember correctly. It was. It was. God, I mean, it was, it was there, bad. Dude. So I think this year they, like you said, they take another, another step back. Uh, they needed to replenish the fluids, as Dom would say. That's, That's right. what they needed to do. Thank well uh, <laughs> you. Quick on the feet, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really see Carolina. They, like you said, they're going to have a uh, Luke warm season. I'm, I do not support that pun, but em- emphasis on Luke. I, I appreciate you doing it. So. Could be tough in the Dean Dome, especially with Duke uh, and all their hype. So, all right, let's move to the defending national champs here. This is actually very interesting. I'm very interested to see what Villanova and Jay Wright does moving forward. They just lost the best point guard in college basketball last year, Jalen Brunson, right? They lose not, Mikhail. I'm not going to fight you there. Yeah, I mean, holy shit. The perfect, perfect college point guard. Yep. Uh, they lose Mikhail Bridges. Uh, and then who could forget your boy, my boy, Delaware's boy, the Michael Jordan of Delaware. So they lose those guys. I mean, and those are big time players. This team last year was just, I'm pretty sure they went wire to wire, right. As the best team in the country, there might've been a week or two where someone said, Oh, it was, uh, it was someone else, maybe Virginia. Uh, but I'm pretty sure. I remember them playing. They might have lost to Xavier. Or they played Xavier close, and everyone's like, "Oh, I don't know about these guys." Or actually, they, they it was Xavier Butler, same team. But they just they just tore through the tournament. And then, honestly, I, I was I was very happy with my decision making because I was actually uh, corralled into going to a cooking class with Rachel, and so we're at this cooking class. But I said to myself, "I'm not missing anything." These guys are going to beat the shit out of Michigan. They're so good. And that's exactly what they did. DiVincenzo, I still don't think, has missed a three since that game. So last year, though, they were, they were so incredible. Who are they returning, though, that's of note? Phil Booth. They got Eric Paschal. Uh, those are the names that you're going you're gonna to remember. I'm pretty sure – I don't know the guy's name, but I'm pretty sure they have a Archie Diacono, like 2.0. Uh, he's, he looks just like Archie Diacono when you – just go into him, but also uh, their point guard, big time recruit Javon Quinterly, who I'm a little bit upset and and you know butthurt about because after the bullshit Mark Schlebaugh article on Sean Miller, Javon Quinterly decommitted from Arizona, opened up his recruiting, and uh, you know your boy Jay Wright pounced. So it's going to be interesting to see what Jay Wright does because he's still such a good coach. And he finally, I mean, he got that monkey off his back about three years ago. And much like Carolina, he, his, his team has been on an incredible past three years, three, four years. So they're still the best team in the Big East. Uh, maybe we can get the Providence Crier on here to, to discuss that a little bit. But still the best team in the Big East. They're going to be, I would say they're going to hover around maybe a three or four seed. But you know what? They've handled their, their preseason expectations really well. This is the first time in about four or five years when they just don't have any of that. Uh, and they might actually feel a little disrespected. Like, hey, we're still the national champions. They don't obviously have the big dogs that, that were there last year. But they're still the national champions, and no one's really talking about Jay Wright and Villanova. It's basically as if these past few years didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, what do they, they, they call them? The Fortune 500 company, you know, they, they just plug in new guys and they produce at the same level. And, you know, they get to play in the Big East, you know, it's where a lot of cupcake, cupcake teams, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, that many difficult games. Uh, and they defend enough to deal with a lot of the offensive minded teams in the Big East. Yeah. All right. I need to find out who this, uh, who this Archie Diacno 2.0 is. Cause Gillespie. he's probably going to Gillespie. That's him. Thank you. I'm, Colin Gillespie. I remember Thank him from you. last year. Yeah. That, that guy was a gunner. He was a gunner. Perfect, perfect name for Diakono's yeah. replacement. It's perfect. Um, all right. So at number 10, we got the Michigan state Spartans, you know, everyone's darling pick because everyone apparently loves Tom Izzo every single time in March, you know, you, you spell March I Z Z O, whatever it is. Like they lost to Syracuse. 
early in the tournament again last year. And at what point are we going to look at this program and call them the most fake elite program in college basketball? I mean, what exactly have they done recently? They, they sprinkle in a Final Four every four or five years. They've won one title way back with, you know, Mateen Cleaves in the early 2000s, but they haven't won anything since. And they shit their pants against Giddy Potts in Middle Tennessee. Like, that's, that's what happened when recently. You, when you strip these guys down, they, they are really no different than like a freaking Maryland or something. They, they are highly ranked early in the year. They have one title from freaking two decades ago that they just worship their head coach, Tom Izzo, over. And they think they can just rest on those laurels because they're tough-minded and you know, they got some talent in the NBA. But really, they shit themselves in the March Madness all the time. So I told you I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I'm, I'm a March guy. I don't, I don't care so much about what your, your, your record is going into it. I care about what team is able to produce when it matters. And, you know, you're the perfect kind of foil to that as someone that, you know, gets hyped about, you know, some power rankings that get chirped out there. But these guys, they, I, who, who the hell is on their team right now? Uh, they the lost Grizz. Jaron Jackson. Yeah, Jaron Jackson, and all the Grizz fans Miles love Bridges. Bridges. Yeah, the Barnburner guys love Jaron Jackson. They got Bridges, he's gone. They got the Nick Ward, fat Nick Ward. Like every single year they got some big fat guy that can pound who's, it in there. Who's the guy prior to Nick Ward? I was thinking about I was thinking the exact same thing. I don't remember know who it was. No, tell me. I don't know. I can't even Derek keep you guys straight. Oh, perfect. Derek oh yeah. <laughs> uh who's the other guy? Uh Payne. Remember Payne? He, he wasn't was, fat. He, was he just wasn't huge. so much. He was big. You throw it in there to him. I mean, that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what you do. I mean, Draymond Green was fat. He, he was. was. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's all I got to say about State. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're going to be in the bracket. Let's go, Izzo. Hey, you got Izzo again. Give me a break. What is he this is, this is why I love Izzo. Uh, you know, this is why I love Izzo in Michigan State because uh, that's exactly what Arizona does. Um, you know, they're not on the same level in terms of what people say is elite, but we just shit our pants in the tournament. Uh, don't really do anything, but Izzo, I will say, uh, he gets a lot of credit for really not having done, having done much these past few years. And I think it goes, I think it's January, February, Izzo, April, right? That's a Rothstein special right there. That's the thing. And it's, it's unwarranted at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not buying Michigan State this year. I think we also got to get the Barnburner Bros uh, in here to discuss why and what Izzo was doing with Jaron Jackson. <laughs> yeah, right. Jaren, what was he doing? Was he just like, was he trying to hide him so that he would come back? I mean, I have no idea what was going on there in East Lansing, but I think I share your sentiments there. Boys will be back with part two coming soon.